subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, you guys. I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy, Chuck, and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. Chuck, we got plenty of texts this morning when a Christmas movie was brought up. Do you have one that you watch each holiday season? Oh, absolutely. A Christmas Story is the uh, greatest Christmas movie ever made. You'll shoot your eye out. Did you have a, a BB gun growing up, Chuck? Of course. You did? Okay. I did, it wasn't a Red Rider 2000. It wasn't a Red Rider 2000. I had a BB stock. gun. Yeah. I had a BB gun, yeah. I feel like every kid at some point in time had either, I, it's cha- it's transitioned to Airsoft, and but BB gun was just, it was just had fun. A, had going a pellet gun. Pellet gun back yeah. in the day. I had Not a pellet a, gun. Yeah. Do you have a potato gun? No. I still have one. Yeah. You still have a potato gun? Yeah. You know, for those moments when you're out in the country with your buddies, <laughs> things get out of hand. Oh, man. Absolutely. Well, Arkansas schedule came out last night, Chuck. We had seven of the 12 games that we already knew about. I guess Ole Miss just kind of released their schedule prior to this all happening. But we got the remaining Arkansas games, including when you play Auburn, uh, Tennessee, LSU, uh, let's see, Missouri, which, again, is listed on Saturday, but it's subject to change. I mean, I like this schedule. I, I don't love that you're opening up in Little Rock rather than in Fayetteville. But I thought Arkansas actually got a pretty favorable draw when you look how this is laid out. <laughs> well, when you look at it early, you know, you've, uh, you've, you've got some trips early. And that part, you know, it's kind of like last year. It's not as severe as last year. But you've got some games early on. Um, I like the fact six games are in Fayetteville. I like the fact seven are in state. Um, you know, we'll, uh, I, I'm, I'm interested to see what they do with the Missouri game at the end. I mean, clearly there's a lot of time between now and then, but, you know, will they, uh, since CBS doesn't have that game anymore, is it going to be a Friday game? Um, it's not our call. It's not Missouri's call. Um, the conference and the television network in, in, in concert will make this decision, and, and we'll see what happens, but I'm interested to see See how that plays out. Well, I think most fans are taking this from last night, watching it. You know, if you're a season ticket holder, you're on the U of A's email list. You got the the schedule sent to you. And you're doing what everybody does. You're, you're circling wins. You're looking at it. And I don't know about you guys, but the text groups I'm in and the people that are chatting about it, they're not finding eight or nine wins for sure. And, I, you know, it's anywhere from... Five to six wins, people are thinking. So people are already setting expectations for next year just by looking at these schedules. Well, I mean, we knew who they were going to play. I mean, all we found out last night was when. We've known right. who they were going to play for a long time. But it's, but it's, I, I understand that. But that's, but that's what people are doing over the last twelve hours. I, I think Arkansas. When you look at who they play on the road, you can make a case. And you know, the home schedule is different. You can make a case. Arkansas got one of the easier road challenges. Mississippi State's got a new coach in Jeff Levy. 
Hugh Freeze is in year two. I still Auburn's going to be a lot better this year. Even year that two didn't seem Missouri, to matter this year, though, with Hugh Freeze. Missouri, uh, you're, yeah, Missouri being what they are, I know that's going to be the, the game you end with, but I didn't think it was awful, the road draw that you got. Well, I mean, I, I think that, I mean, we're playing in the Southeastern Conference, guys. Yeah. We're adding Oklahoma and Texas. I mean, if you, if, if, if you spend your summer looking at that schedule and trying to find nine or ten wins, you're not going to have a very good summer. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you that. You're not. If you're going to spend, uh, spend, spend your spring staring at that schedule, trying to find nine or ten wins, it's not going to be a good spring. It's going to be this way every year, fellas. Um, it's going to be like this each and every year. It's been this way, frankly. We're just talking about it more because we're adding Oklahoma and Texas. It's going to be a murderer's row every single year. And what's going to happen if they go to nine? I mean, for fans, fans would love the idea of another SEC game. Well, if you're at the bottom of the pecking order, all that means is another L. Unless you happen to draw a team that's right down there with you. And I'm not saying I think we're going to be there because I don't. But I do think that's one of the things that teams in the SEC have to consider. Um, again, I mean, <laughs> um, I would be right now planning where I'm going to go more than I would be looking at it for wins and losses um, because, you know, first off, we don't even know what the team's going to look like between now and then. But but every year it's going to be like this. And every – I mean – I'm sure when we get there, people will have different thoughts, and at some point, Sam Pittman's going to say, man, this is the toughest schedule anybody can possibly play. But I'm kind of like you, Ty. I look at it, and, and from a road perspective, I mean, I'm not saying it's easy. It's not. No. It's difficult. But in our conference, when you really look at how it plays out this year, it's about the best you could hope for. Yeah, and I, I mean, think, again, with this being the final in enactment of the Texas A&M Arkansas series in Jerry World, at least we expect that to be. That's all indications. Well, it lead is. To, yeah, all indications lead to that point. I don't know if they're ever going to play in Jerry World again, but hopefully, I mean, a neutral side game is better than going to College Station. So you take that again. New coach in Mississippi State. We'll see what happens with Auburn and Missouri, but I, again, I don't hate it. Well, I mean, but well, here, go ahead. I'm sorry. Here's the thing about this schedule that a lot of other teams in this league can't say. You don't find Alabama. You don't find Georgia. Uh, you, you know, yeah. you don't find you don't find the heart. Those are the hardest That's two teams. Right. I mean, and then from there, you I mean, you do play LSU. Depending on your perspective, you might think they're the third toughest uh, draw in the league. You got Missouri. Some would put that as a top five draw, but you don't see Georgia. You don't see Bama for the first time ever as an SEC member on there. Yeah, I mean, you. I don't say you lucked out, but it, it's probably. The, it's not the most difficult schedule you've ever been handed well, by the league office. It's as good as you could hope for. Exactly. Yeah. Under the circumstances, it's as good as you can hope for. Now, here's what's got to happen, fellas. We focus on these road games. If this program's going to be any good, you got to play all your games in Fayetteville, and you got to win them all. you got to develop a legitimate home field advantage. We have not done that. It's been a long time since playing in Fayetteville was all that much different from playing some other places. And I hate to say that, but it's the truth. You add up the wins, you add up the losses. We've got to develop a home field advantage in this league. We've got to play our games here. We've got to win our games here. We've got to win most, if not all, of our games here. That's how you get to where you want to be. That's how you get to bowl games. That's how if you can steal a couple on the road in a year when you don't normally do that, you might find a way to get to nine. You know, maybe you get to ten. Who knows? 
But if you don't win your home games, if you don't win your home games, you're never going to get to that total. Yeah. It's never going to happen. There's six games in Fayetteville next year. There's one game in Little Rock next year. That's seven games inside the borders of your state. If you want to get to that total, whatever your total is, if you're a six, seven, I don't know anybody, though. I'm a four or five win guy. I don't know anybody that's in that group. But if you're a six, seven, eight, nine win guy, those are the games right there. We can focus on the road games, but it's the home games that are going to make the difference. Well, that was the drum I was pounding before this past season, and obviously you just didn't. You, you didn't get the job done at home, but that was that was my viewpoint exactly going into this past season. You got seven games in state, just win those, and, and lost, everything will be fine. They lost everyone, but you got to be good enough to do it. They didn't lose every I game mean, at home. Well, you've got to be good the enough SEC to do was, it. Yeah. Well, the, yeah, but I mean, not every game. I mean, yeah, yeah. SEC home was. field advantage doesn't guarantee you anything. No, I mean the idea that well, we're, you know, we're just going to win all our games at home. I'm saying it. You're saying it, we say it all the time. Uh, it doesn't just happen. Well. And this this next this schedule we're holding in our hand because one thing we didn't know we knew who the, the opponents were we didn't know dates but you've got open dates twice in front of key home games you're tough in fact I'd rivalry say you're toughest to well that you know rivalry games but your most difficult opponents at home in LSU and Texas I mean LSU's you know from an SEC perspective one of you know and maybe one of those make it but uh, two of your three toughest game or two of your three toughest SEC games. Two at home have bye dates in front. Of them. I think it always adds pressure when you have an extra week to prepare. People expect you to play better. They're at home. I mean, th- that that to me is a key edge that you have in front of those two games. For LSU, I'm surprised I haven't seen as much quarterback activity as I thought post Jaden Daniels. I haven't seen any indication who they're pulling out of the portal. Maybe they're trusting in Nussmeyer this next year, but I'm curious who kind of leads them at the helm. Chuck, you brought up, uh, again, playing the first game in, in Little Rock, back-to-back seasons, and I know it's an, an in-state opponent, but... Uh, you don't play your first game in Fayetteville till week three. And I know for a lot of season ticket holders that I talk to, again, it's one of the frustrations. It is nice to have seven games in the state this year and having a great SEC home schedule. But when you think about, again, the irritation of not opening up your season in Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium once again, I don't know if it's necessarily caused people to give up their tickets, but it's definitely toss some more gripes to the athletics office, and I don't blame them for that. Well, you've got Little Rock on the schedule. Uh, I mean, you're, you know, you're going to play a game down there. I have no problem with getting it out of the way first. I think they ought to play UAPB down there. I do think that. If you're going to play a game down there, it should be UAPB. And if they're going to be, you know, if the schedule is such that you have to open with them, um, Let's go ahead and do it. They're going to play UAPB down there, and then they're going to play Arkansas State down there, and I, that may be it. Um, and, and, in fact, I sort of think it will be. But, um, you know, if you're going to play down there, honestly, I'd just as soon get it out of the way. Yeah. I mean, that's just my opinion. Let's, 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 let's play, get it out of the way, and then you've got six straight home games in Fayetteville. Um, I get what you're saying, uh, but under the circumstances, I think it's probably the best you know the best solution for this year yeah maybe we can get some bottled water at that game this year but uh hey i'll tell you something else too let me throw this in there real quickly you guys may have talked about it i didn't realize arkansas is only one of only i think i read one of only four conference teams that's going to play that non-conference game like when we play louisiana tech there at the end that's normally a weekend where Mm -hmm. you look at and everybody's playing a non-conference ball game 
from what I understand, we're we're one of the few that right. are going to be playing a non-conference there, game mm-hmm. there. There's not very. There's not any what I would call dog weeks in the SEC mm-hmm. schedule. Last year, we you know we we kind of banged on that week because it was a uh, a dog bleep week from from a from a, just a schedule perspective. But no, you're right. I mean, and we were looking earlier, Chuck, at some of these first three or four weeks and just some of the matchups uh, in the league as a whole. Some of the non-con games. I mean, you're talking. Georgia and Clemson, Notre Dame at, at A&M, LSU and Southern Cal all in week one, Texas and Michigan, two playoff teams this year in week two. Could be a rematch or it could be a, a rematch of the national championship. Tennessee, North like Carolina that. State. You got Bama at Wisconsin. Um, A&M. Those are all marquee games. You got uh, Georgia and Alabama playing week five at the uh, end of September. I mean, God. the first month, I, I think it's loaded. I mean, this is... This is why you wonder why ESPN, ABC pays the you know the the, the hundreds of millions a year. Well, I mean it's, it's these kind of games that that are can't miss appointment TV matchups. You bring up the Georgia and Alabama game, guys. Hotels right now that weekend are going for over four thousand dollars a night, mm. and people will pay that. Well, they they got more money than I do. That's yeah. for sure. Paying, paying. <laughs> that's a, that's a mortgage, know, Chuck. Here's the one thing that I will say as I look at the at, at the schedule in total. You know, for the entire conference, um, television really is in charge. I mean, they are in charge, and the SEC is going along uh, going to go along with everything they say. Um, and and that's that's because of the money that's being thrown. <laughs> You're handcuffed to the purse string, yeah. You know, television is going to uh, they're going to dictate when you play. Not I'm just not talking about kickoff time. I mean, you know, the way you were describing the weeks. You know, they're they're they're, they're not those bad weeks. No, nope. um, that's television right there. Alabama and Michigan, or, or Texas and Michigan playing one another, and. Um, every know, every week, there's a chance right. that an SEC game will be the most watched college that's football right. game of the week. Maybe maybe Michigan Ohio State will top that, but mo- there's going to be a good chance the most game or the most watched game of the week will be an SEC broadcast. Yeah, you'll have to wait till that final week of rivalries before you see probably like you're saying a non-SEC game top that because mm-hmm. that Michigan Ohio State every year is the number one rated game. Well, not just the games. You think about ESPN, ESPNU, ESPN2, ESPN News, and ABC. Right. There are going to be many Saturdays. When you've got an SEC, you may have three or four SEC games going on at once. The best one's going to be on ABC, probably. Mm -hmm. Second best one's going to be in the primetime spot on ESPN, probably. But you're going to have games going on during the day. And we're going to look at, we're going to say, well, this game on ABC was the most watched game. But from a conference and from a Disney perspective, who owns all of them, you're adding up the 12 share for Uh Alabama and Georgia. And you're penciling in the six when Arkansas plays somebody that day. Or you're penciling in the nine when Georgia's playing. And all of a sudden, you got half the market. Right. You got half the people watching TV out there watching an SEC game. Mm -hmm. So it's not just one game game it's not just having the most watched game that weekend which you're right they will have many times you're also multiplying that with all the other games many of them are going to be on at the very same time and and so you're going to have a lot of eyeballs watching southeastern conference football next year real quick administrative question because we pay attention to this and i think the average fan does too i wonder if the the rules or the process we've went through with cbs for so many years of 
how games are selected on which channels and week to week. And we kind of find out like the Monday uh, of the following weekend. I wonder if that, that part and how we find out what network, game times, all of that is going to change with ABC, ESPN having full control. You know, because everybody waited on CBS to select their games and they could have that seven-day window. I wonder how we go about getting game times. It's going might to be change. Right. I, I don't, yeah, I don't no, know the he answer. You might be right. I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. I don't know. Because I, fans pay attention because it affects their plans. Hotel, right. travel, and everything like that. And and well, are we going to have breakfast at the tailgate? Or are we yeah. going to have you exactly. know, baby back ribs? I mean, well, I think one thing, too, you have to remember is we talk about people that go and tailgate. That is a, that is a small, very small fraction of the people in Arkansas who are paying attention to the Razorbacks and who are planning their day around the kickoff time. Mm-hmm. For many of them, it's, hey, i got to leave work early. Or uh, we got to get that soccer game out of the way. Right. Or you may have to be the one that takes little Johnny to travel baseball that day because I'm watching the game. Right. Or, or all those things come into play. So, yeah, we talk about games, uh, kickoff times in, in, in terms of when are we going to go and when are we going to tailgate and what day do we have to leave and hotels. But, again, that's just a fraction of our fan base. Most of the people out there are trying to rework their everyday lives. It's the fun fraction, though. <laughs> well, no, you're right. But 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 most people are just trying to rework their everyday no. lives around kickoff time so they can be in front of the television. Uh, but there's a reality that it can only be such a narrow window. I mean, campuses and their administrations have to know. So I, I just wonder what kind of changes will will be oh, there. I, I, think can't, that's I, can't imagine, I can't imagine it'll be exactly the same, but no, that's it can't be question. much different. Evidently, basketball practice has been pretty intense this week as they get ready for Lipscomb. Jalen Graham got a chance to catch up with him yesterday. Here's what he said in regards to kind of how it feels almost early training camp. It's kind of back to September in training camp, how I the feel of it, just how hard we've been going, and just showing how tough we are and who's mentally wanting to be here and stuff like that. Now, he talked about also with you, Chuck, on Monday and then with the media yesterday, how he's kind of getting back in rhythm, not going to the Bahamas, kind of helped with his back, getting back healthy and and stuff and that. I know he hasn't had a a massive impact this season, but I thought he played his probably best game defensively at Arkansas this past week at Oklahoma, which hasn't necessarily been his strong suit. Yeah, he played a good game at Oklahoma. He played a good individual game. Team did not play real well. Uh, Graham had a good game, you know, at least in terms of the numbers. Um, you know, they're just going through a, a, a period right now where the work that they're doing, we're not seeing. And, you know, we talked about this on Monday, how for the next three, four weeks, we were going to watch them play three times. And what they were going to accomplish primarily was going to be done out of our eyesight. You know, they're going to be doing this on the practice floor. It sounds like they've been doing that the last couple of days, and I, I would expect that to continue. Now, I will say this, and I brought this up Monday. You know, Musk said after the game, we're going to focus on us for a while. I mean, he did say Monday that, um, you know, we did put some Lipscomb stuff in, you know, a little bit today. Yeah. <laughs> we'll put a little bit more in tomorrow. We'll have a little bit more in on Wednesday. So it's not as though they are going to ignore the opponent. Moss always scouts the opponent as well as anybody. That, that, that staff does, I should say. He does and the staff. So I would expect him to be well scouted and well prepared in that regard. But they're, they're going to work on a lot of things this week, next week, and probably the week after that that serve them in many games beyond just the one that's right ahead. Now, I bet they hadn't had to use a lot of melatonin to go to sleep at night. No, I bet they've been pretty tired. One of those things that they're working on, they've been on a lot of live ball stuff this week, and defense again has been the emphasis. Graham kind of also touched that as well, but 
apparently bricks have not been involved quite yet. Towels over our heads, sliding without um, fouling because we have a lot of uh, we give up a lot of FCA. So, I mean, th- these are all emphasis. All the all things that you guys are talking about are all, have all been emphasis. You know, it's pretty obvious when we seeing us out there what, what we need to work on and coach knows what we got to work on and that's what we've been doing no bricks no bricks i think we're too far in the season for that hopefully but i don't know we'll see hopefully yeah, hopefully well, chuck well sometimes when you lose a game the way they did fans want them you know they want the coach to just i mean run them till they puke i mean get the bricks out do the whole deal that's not how you get better that's not how you get better you get better going back on the practice floor and teaching and learning and, and, and implementing all that into your into your game and your game planning and, and then ultimately, hopefully, execution. But it's not about going out there and punishing kids. It's about working and getting better. Yeah, because this, I think we don't, or at least I think so. I'm not going to say you would agree, but this isn't an effort issue. This isn't an out of shape, this team's not no. conditioned issue. This is, they're not executing. They're this not playing defense. This is a neck defense. up issue. Right. This is a neck up issue. Well, they got to right get now. in front of people on defense, but I don't think any of their issues are t- directly tied to their, they're just going through the motions. That's when you get people's attention by running them, putting a trash can at each corner, you know, so they can throw up, they have a nearby trash can to throw up in. That's a good point. That's, that's not where we're at. You're right. You know, they've got some, some fundamental or mechanical issues they got to work out. More running's not going to fix that. Well, Chuck, you you referenced it on the podcast. You brought it up this week. So LLS comes in averaging like seventeen a game. I think Caleb came in averaging eighteen. I mean, you brought in guys that have been primary scorers, and a lot of time the primary score of a certain basketball team isn't asked to do as much defensively because he's exerting so much energy on the other end. Well, in this system, even sometimes the best offensive players, you have to play defense, or it's not going to work cohesively. So. And it might take, and he he brought uh, must brought up Stanley Mamude with you on Monday night. He brought him up again yesterday. How it really took him two games into SEC play to fully involve both ends himself on both ends of the floor. So it doesn't it doesn't automatically click from some guys. It sounds like from experience that he was speaking to. Well, one of the things I heard him say yesterday was, "We're going to find five guys that can play defense. Yeah. We're going to find five guys, and um, that may be it, but they'll find five. Yeah. Celebrate the magic of Christmas at the Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa in the historic Venetian Dining Room this Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. From 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., your Christmas dinner includes a salad bar, carving station, hot buffet items, and desserts featuring traditional and unique items. Over 12 dine for $58 per person, under 12 for $29, and under 6 eat free. Reservations required must have a credit card to hold reservation. Call 501-623-7771 or log on at arlingtonhotel.com dining for reservations and complete menu items. Call or text the McClarty Daniel hotline at 877-377-6963. McClarty Daniel, a vehicle for every lifestyle. When you're looking for a new car, you want to shop for a vehicle you love with an organization you trust. You've probably heard that McCarty Daniel means making deals, but what I'm inspired by the most is that McCarty Daniel means making a difference in our community. When you buy a vehicle with McCarty Daniel, you reinvest right here in the community, in our schools, in our little leagues, in our food banks, and our people. So you're not just making a purchase, you're making a difference too. Come see us at any of our six locations in Northwest Arkansas. 
Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. For your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. So again, he mentioned his his height, his speed, but one of the things he talked about, which is his footwork, and I think Tyler Wilson would tell you and other quarterbacks would tell you that is an element that Coach Petrino is definitely help them with at some point in time but it is encouraging to again hear him talk about some of his areas that he knows he has to improve on especially transitioning from the mountain west to the southeastern conference i'm sure it'll be a big transition but i'm excited to see this guy and he does have a relationship with coach petrino and um you know i can tell you that if coach petrino thinks highly of him as a quarterback I would imagine he's pretty good you know mm-hmm. and he feels like he's someone he can work with and make better um he was always pretty good at projecting you know in 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 terms of particularly quarterbacks what they could be and um so I'm anxious to see him work together yeah and uh it, it's still the question everybody's asked is what about KJ's decision is he coming back what what's going to happen here the longer that drags on you know, the more we've got questions about how all of this dynamic goes together. And guys, I don't think we have the answer, but we're like everyone else. We're just kind of waiting to see when that tweet, when that post happens to kind of provide some clarity. Yeah, it's a really, you know, it's an unfortunate deal right now. And I, I have no idea what's going through his head. One of the things that troubles me in all of this is that um, we're all ready to move on. And I get it. I completely understand we're ready to move on. You know, I got a new guy coming in. Let's turn the page. Got Bobby Petrino coming back. I get that. I fall into that camp sometime, if I'm being totally 100% honest. But then I also think about all that he's done here. How many times have we on this radio program said, man, you know, he could have left any time he wanted to, mm-hmm. but he stayed. He stuck it out. You know, it was KJ. How many of you went to Tampa? You know, how many of you enjoyed that warm New Year's weekend? KJ did a lot of that. KJ's a big reason why you got to go. And um, so there is a part of this that troubles me, that we all kind of have gotten to the point where, all right, KJ, come on. Say you're leaving and let's turn the page. And I even hear people say I'm ready for him to go. And I get all that. I understand how life works. Sometimes things run their course. And there's the idea that, well, all right, let's just jump to the final chapter. And I get all that. But there is a part of this that that still kind of doesn't stick right. And, you know, it would have been a lot easier if he just announced right at the beginning. But that's his prerogative. And he can do whatever he wants. Mm -hmm. He's earned that right, I guess. Um, I guess. But I think they probably, if you really put two and two together, I think they probably have a pretty good idea about what's going to happen. Don't you think? Sounds. I mean, it's kind of like you just use common sense, right? 
And I guess he could still compete for the job. I, I said earlier this week, I think KJ's best football move would actually be to stay here at Arkansas if he wants to play at the next level. Now, if he's trying to pursue, again, the most money he can make, it's probably to go elsewhere and try to be a starting quarterback. But what else needs to be brought up in all of this? Guys, there's more quarterbacks that I think enter the portal than people anticipated. KJ, if, I think if you... He, may be right. And I mean, you just look down the list. There's... Yeah. Guys, there's probably 15, 20, 20 quarterbacks that are probably better than KJ. And, good and I don't think that he maybe, or other college football coaches, anticipated it being that deep at this position. And I think that's also might have thrown a wrench in his plans on what he's wanting to do moving forward. Well, it seems like a lot of these guys who enter the portal and then announce a few days later either a visit or a commitment, it seems pretty obvious that, you know, there were conversations even before the player put his name into the portal. Um, you know, it might have been through an intermediary, whatever. might have been direct. Who knows? But there have been some sort of conversation. Um, my guess would be that players of that caliber, if they get to the end of November, toward the end of November, and they know they're going to go somewhere else, and they got somebody working on something for them. You know, there's something out there. And, and what I wonder right now is in this situation, and all we're left to do is speculate, um, was there something out there? Is it not there anymore? Is this a decision that, you know, is, is a legit decision? I got a tough decision to make. But look, Jacoby Criswell's here. Uh, Taylor Green's just transferred in from Boise State. If K.J. Jefferson were to come back, he would have every single right to say, I'm QB1. But if you're a coach, you've got every right to say every single person's got to compete for that job. And they're bringing in guys to compete. So it sounds like if he comes back, he's going to have to compete for the job. But on the other hand, again, this guy's been here forever. I'm sure in his mind he shouldn't have to. Yeah. And I brought this up yesterday. We should also remember... There's another portal period that opens up That's after right. spring football. So the idea that you could stay, and it, it, I know the timing's not ideal, but, you know, if you're KJ or you're Jacoby Criswell, hey, let's see what Bobby Petrino, this offense has for me and how this transition's going to go for me because everybody's in it for me, and I get that because you only get one chance to go around on this college football carousel. But it's not as though you couldn't stay see how spring shakes out, and then make a move then. I'd be very surprised because here's the deal. If you don't win the job and then you transfer, you're not going to be the starter in August. You're not going to be the starter unless you really go down, mm -hmm. unless you really take a big step down. You're not going to be the starter. You hadn't gone through spring practice. They couldn't trust you. And uh, so if you're going to go, it's time to go. Yeah. Or no matter who you are. I, I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about any of them. Yeah. If you're going to go, it's time to go. The only outlier would be a quarterback injury elsewhere and then Maybe. someone that desperately Maybe. needs but it. But that's, 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 that's an outlier, yeah. as you say. And to that point. On and the, all the money's gone, too. Yes. For those that don't know, there was an interesting thing that happened in West Virginia yesterday where a U.S. district judge ruled that the NCAA can't force multi-transfers to sit out of your competition which is important when it comes to this discussion if someone was a non-graduate and did that i know there's that 14 day temporary restraining order against the ncaa i would my again based on what i read it's my understanding is this is going to happen at this point and now people are going to be able to transfer willy-nilly with no penalty that's what looks 
That's what it looks like. Well, that's kind of what it sounds like. As you say, it's a 14-day restraining order. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to get into all the legalese because I'll be as wrong as wrong can be. But um, if it is made permanent, and there are mm-hmm. those who think it will, um, yes, you're right. Let's talk to Brad, who's in Fayetteville with us this morning on the McCarty Daniel Hotline. Brad, what's up, man? Come on, guys. Let's be honest. KJ's leaving. He's not staying. But my question for Chuck, uh, how many how many guys from the offensive line do you think will transfer out before we start seeing what we're going to have next year on the offensive line? The guys that are here now that are going to leave? Yeah. I think we've seen that. I think we've already seen that. Um, now, I think some of the guys that are here now are going to have to compete for playing time next year. Maybe some guys who played a lot this year may not play as much next year. Um, now, I've not heard what Latham and Limmer officially are going to do. I, I, I will admit, I've moved into basketball mode. Maybe you guys know on, on, on that, but... Uh, my suspicion all along is that Limmer would go pro, and I guess he is. He's going to play in that Shrine game. And um, I don't know if Latham said or not, to be perfectly honest, but I, I would anticipate him coming back. But, um, no, I think they'll bring new guys in. They've already brought new guys in, and I think they're going to be more new guys brought in. Um, there'll be some guys that remain that played a lot who are going to have to compete for every second next mm-hmm. year. And, my goodness, you know, when you go one and seven in the league and that was your Achilles heel, um, you know, you wouldn't expect anybody to have a position locked down. Yeah, uh, to, to Chuck's point, I don't have a working list in front of me. This is just off the top of my head. Marion Harris has announced he's coming back. Tykees Crawford's announced he's coming back. Patrick Kudis has announced he's coming back. Joshua Braun has announced he's coming back. You mentioned Limmer being the East-West Shrine game. I think technically he doesn't have to, even if he's playing that okay. game. But right. I still think uh, – I, I like you. He wouldn't go if he was yeah, coming back. I, I still think he's going to move on at this point. Um, you've got, again, Keyshawn Blackstock, the young man, the JUCO, uh, former Michigan State Spartan that's coming in. Uh, there's, to my knowledge, unless something's happened recently, they, that's the only offensive line commit they have. So those are the ones – and off the and Joey Sua, the Benville kid, just entered the portal. So that's yeah, the offense. There, there will there will be other guys come yeah. in. They're 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 hot and heavy on some guys right now. And I th- I think I think we'll see some other guys. In fact, I'm certain we're going to see some other guys come in. One of the things that must happen at that spot is there's got to be legit competition. I mean, among good players. You know, let's just be frank. On a team that was one and seven last year and who struggled to keep virtually every defensive player off the quarterback, um, we knew who the starters were going to be every week. We knew who the starters were going to be. The gap was significant enough between the first and second teamers that we knew who the guys were. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't go into weeks knowing who your offensive linemen are going to be. You know, part of I mean, you want five guys that, you know, hopefully they can start 10, 11 weeks together, maybe mm-hmm. 12 if you get lucky. Um, that's what you want. But there's got to be legitimate competition for those spots among good players, good players. And so I think that, again, some of those guys, and you rip through the names there, uh, some of them that are coming back, 
I promise you, they've not been guaranteed anything. Yeah. They've not been guaranteed anything other than they're going to have a chance to compete. This is the NIL money we've got for you. And frankly, for some of those guys, this is the best deal they're going to get. So they're not going anywhere. Yep. So that is something you're hoping to see is more offensive line commit with the commitment of Taylor Green earlier this week. Hopefully that's a signal to not just offensive linemen, but skill players out there that you might have a different quarterback situation here in Fayetteville. When we return, we'll talk more about Arkansas's schedule. Our Morning Rush Daily question, do you like how it's set up in 2024 for your Razorback football team? We'll answer that next. The Year of the Sauce continues at Buffalo Wild Wings. Introducing Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and the return of hot barbecue sauce to the Buffalo Wild Wings Sauce lineup. Try both Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and Hot Barbecue Sauce for a limited time at your local Buffalo Wild Wings. Visit Buffalo Wild Wings in Little Rock, Sherwood, Bryant, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, sauce, beer, and football. Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I know our friend Tom Murphy has been chomping at the bit to jump in on this conversation. Tom, we appreciate you holding five plus minutes. What did you think about <laughs> Arkansas' schedule that they got divvied out last night? Well, I had a nice, calm morning going, and then <laughs> now I'm, I'm completely awake. Yeah, we're, um, we're a little jolt for you there. <laughs> I. I, I agree with y'all's assessment that, and this is what I wrote about today was um, it's a much more manageable because you don't have that that stretch that was just such a killer for them. The the road games are really spaced out. You only travel on back to back weeks one time through the whole season instead of that real gamut that you know I, it really defined their season with those games in a row, starting it by losing the BYU at home. But anyway. Um, still, the win-loss record, the winning percentage of all their SEC opponents is really high. I, I'm, I, it's probably among the highest in, in the conference. And I guess, you know, when you don't play yourself, uh, it's going to be tough that way. But, you know, you're still getting a Texas team that's 12-1 and right now. And um, uh, even though you don't have Bama and Georgia, it's still you've got two 10-win teams in Ole Miss and Missouri on the schedule. So um, it just is – it's it's a it's a hard SEC schedule, but it's a lot more manageable than last year's. Tom Murphy with us here on the Morning Rush on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Tom, I love the double buy. I hope if this league ever expands to nine games in conference play, they figure out a way with a schedule to do this every year instead of every like fifth year. But uh, I love where they're placed in the schedule in front of LSU, in front of Texas. I, I guess I'll say those are your biggest, most meaningful home games, and you've got an extra week to get ready for, for what will probably be two ranked teams when they get to Fayetteville. Exactly, and there's a huge stretch in the middle of the year where the only road game they have in that whole, t- whole time is at Mississippi State, and that includes the two bye weeks until you get to the Missouri game. So it's a, it's a really long stretch where you're going to be at home a lot, and then your, your longest trip is to Starkville, which is not 
a horrible trip. So um, I do like to buy placements, which are in front of the games that you mentioned, LSU and Texas, your big, your big home games. You can get healthier. It just sets up so much better than last year's schedule. Um, there's no doubt on that. And, um, yeah, I, I like um, – by the way, the open, the two open dates in the season happen when the calendar falls right. a certain way. And I think it actually happens again next year or two years from now. Yeah, I, I wish the league would figure out a way to manipulate the start and end dates to, uh, to make this more, more accessible on a – on a regular basis. Hey, the Missouri game, it's always been scheduled on Saturday, moved to Friday, but you got a new TV partner. We all know TV's really in charge of all of this. Do you think we've seen the last, at least for a while, of Arkansas-Missouri on Friday, or do you think it's uh, moving to Saturday? What's your gut tell you on the Arkansas-Missouri series? Well, that's a great question. My gut tells me that it might remain on Friday because I think the TV partners will listen to how teams lobby, and I don't think Arkansas or Missouri has a problem with the Friday game, and if y'all will recall, Auburn and Ole Miss, the Iron Bowl moved to the Friday two mm-hmm. seasons in a row, and I don't think Nick Saban liked that at all, and they haven't been back to it. So I, I, I don't, I don't have any doubt that you know. Excuse me, I would say I think there's a high percentage that it will wind up on Fridays again. Tom, LSU's playing Oklahoma that weekend. Is there anything in the back of your mind? I know Arkansas fans, but is there any idea that you thought that somehow, some way, that might be how Arkansas concluded their season? No, no, I had heard that the Missouri game was going to remain at the end, but it does beg the question, is LSU-Oklahoma at the end like what both of those programs want? Um, Arkansas is trying to build something with Missouri, and quite honestly, they need to hold up their end of the bargain to build something. Uh, and I I don't know what what LSU's thinking here. I mean, they quickly agreed to the season ender against A and M, and now that A and M Texas is going to be, it looks like a season ender. Uh, it leaves their Thanksgiving weekend game open, and I just don't know how much cachet LSU Oklahoma holds. So we'll see what the what what the wrangling looks like on that front in the coming years. Tom, Tommy and I were discussing earlier, we felt like Missouri might have had the easiest schedule for next season. Arkansas, I think, got a pretty good draw. But the toughest seems to be in Gainesville, Florida. Non-conference opponents include Miami, UCF, Florida State. I mean, Napier's always got to play Florida, or excuse me, Georgia. In your mind, do you think Florida got the toughest SEC slot next year? Yeah, they really did, because um, as they pointed out on the show, I mean, you got Miami and Florida to open the season. You play them and Florida State, uh, but it's that closing stretch that's going to be really, really tough. It includes Georgia and Texas, and yeah, it's harder than Arkansas on the whole, no question, because of the way it lays out. And I got to tell you, I, you look at that Missouri schedule, and it's mind-boggling that yeah, they play Boston College, and you know, I, I don't know who else is in there. There's a UMass, I believe, is in there, but the first half of their schedule, you know, the toughest games. They have Vanderbilt as their conference opener, I believe, and then A and M. And and you take an entire half of a schedule and the toughest game you have in there is A and M, that's a great way to get out to a hot start. Ole Miss too has an easy opening slate, Tom, if you look at theirs. Yeah. Hey Tom, real quick before we go, thoughts on the Arkansas Lipscomb game and sounds like it's been a, a little tougher week of practice for the Razorback basketball team as they get ready for one of three games before SEC play begins in January. Exactly. Jalen Graham described it like going back to camp in September. And, uh, yeah, I do believe 
that, you know, there's a feeling out process and, and now it's time to start making the minutes, you know, a, a more valuable and not just spread them around. And, you know, Eric Mussman is typically gone with a shorter bench, but you look at the talent level on this team and there's a lot of different guys who you know could contribute. And so um, if you're not playing defense right now, if you're not, you know, rebounding and doing the things they ask, then your minutes are going to go down. And uh, as much as a, a scorer as Jalen Graham is, you know, is he is he better at all the other things? Um, that's what limited his minutes last year. Um, and then he'd have games where he'd score 20 points. So um, you hope that he can do the little things that keep him on the court. I mean, it's the same with battle. Great score. But how often did he get blown by by the Oklahoma guards the other night? So uh, it's, it's getting serious. Eric Musselman does not like to lose, and he likes to find the solutions. And so these next three are going to be really big at determining – who gets bigger minutes in SEC play? All right, Tom Murphy, Arkansas Democrat Gazette, Whole Hog Sports with us here on a Thursday. Tom, enjoy the weekend, and we'll catch up on Tuesday. Same to y'all. See ya. All right, Tom Murphy with us here. Uh, Chuck, when you, when, you, when you look at this game on Saturday, I, I, I'm guessing they've switched over to some Lipscomb prep, like uh, Coach said, but, but uh, also uh, you kind of got to manage those legs through practice here these last few days to get ready for this game on Saturday. I would imagine they'll taper off a little bit today. Uh, it sounds like they've really gone hard first three days. Uh, maybe they will. Maybe I mean, they may not. But my guess would be that um, if they've done, you know, the kind of work this week that he feels like, you know, where they need a, you know, a day to maybe dial it back a bit, today might be that day. Um, obviously, they'll, they'll, they'll travel tomorrow and uh, play, play Saturday. You know, I want to go back to what Tom was talking about on the football schedule. You know, he makes a point. It kind of goes back to what we were talking about a little bit earlier about, you know, being a great home field Fayetteville team. You know, if you look at this thing, once you get through September, I mean, once you get through September, Tennessee and LSU back-to-back in Fayetteville. Now, you got open dates to factor in. But Tennessee and LSU back-to-back in Fayetteville at Mississippi State. Ole Miss, Texas, La Tech. Back-to-back-to-back. Fayetteville. Then you close in Missouri. You know, when you look at that seven-game stretch right there, that's more than half your season. That's why I say I don't know that you could have hoped for anything better. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not saying it's easy. It's not. It's difficult. All those teams are good. I mean, there have been years gone by in the history of Razorback football, even as an SEC member, where some of those games would be your marquee game. And you got three or four of them there in that stretch. So they're all good, but they are at home. And so – I do think, you know, when you look at once you get through September, if you can be a great home field team, and I mean great because you're going to have to be great to beat some of those teams, um, and it may not happen this year, but it needs to happen going forward. That's how you get to where you want to go. You dominate your home field. Uh, you know, that's, that's the first order of business in my mind in being a consistent bowl program is you protect your home turf now we've not played we've not played enough games up here i'm just gonna say we've not played enough games up here getting out of this a&m thing in arlington will be good uh that's turned into an albatross and i'm glad we're ridding ourselves of it but um this schedule when you look at it uh, again i just don't know how you could have hoped for anything better yeah and when you look at uh you could win, you know, last year we talked about winning seven games in state, just win your in-state games. You could get six of those seven, you get bowl eligible, but you, you didn't accomplish that this last year. And I think you're exactly right. You're, you've got to, you've got to get off 
you've got to get this program off to the right start uh, in September to give you a chance in November to to win some games that mean something for bowl eligibility and for bowl placement. Because if you want Sam Pittman's administration to continue, I think six wins is probably the minimum. And I think for all the season ticket holders that spend a good chunk of money on donations, parking, their actual season tickets, I don't think a single one of them felt like that their money was invested Mm -hmm. this year. You have a chance to, not just for this season, but for future seasons to give people reasons. Hey, we're going to start, as you're saying, Chuck, reestablishing some actual um, dominance at home. Well, I, you know, you you have to. I'm not saying they're going to. I'm I'm just saying if you're going to be a contender or at least a team that, you know, knows at the start of the year that there's a pretty good chance we're going bowling. It's just a question where. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got to be the type team that protects your home field. We had a guy that worked here years ago. He's just he would say, "I just need a brain break." You're talking about getting a recess. <laughs> brain break. I, I just yeah. need a brain break. <laughs> Well, you we, get a brain break at V's. With everything Sometimes going. it just overloads, yeah, man. Yeah. There's so much <laughs> I, stuff in I, there. I need a hard reboot. <laughs> yeah, with kids and significant others and work and everything that piles up, I I don't blame guys for just saying, hey, I got to go get a haircut. So yeah. You just got one last week. Oh, I got to get another yeah, one. Keep so. it high and tight. I understand that. So I need one. Bad. I'll get one at the beginning of the year. I'll probably head head up there to the... Uh, Bunch of no. long hairs. Yeah, it's gotta it's gotta get chopped at some. Yeah, there point. was a day in my life where you you know it was pretty well declared at church you'd go to hell for your for your hair touching your collar. You know, they, damnation for that kind of th- kind of activity. Well, your pastor was probably it's, yeah. that doesn't sound like your pastor was too yeah. bright then. If yeah, that was what he was preaching was. to the uh, <laughs> w- women shouldn't wear pants. You know, it's like back in old school. You know, <laughs> the good old days yeah. as people like to call it. Yeah. Tommy went to a full gospel church. Yeah, apparently, apparently. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> Louise. Don't let uh, lightning strike. Get that hair off that collar, boy. <laughs> it's it's getting off. Beginning of the year, one haircut a year. I'm tight. Beginning of January, it'll get it'll get off. Hi, everybody. This is Chris George from Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas gifts, weddings, heirloom family treasures. And at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we only have one sale every year, and it's right now. Every single item in our store is value priced for Christmas. We do custom one-of-a-kind jewelry. If that's what you're looking for, come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift. Selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices now through Christmas at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. So Eric Musselman kind of joked about this weekend in North Little Rock in Simmons Bank Arena. Kind of glad streaming's up as long as they play well. If we play really good, I'll be really, really happy that this thing got streamed and worked out that that it can be viewed by a bunch of people. If we don't play well, then I probably wish the streaming issues would have continued, to be honest with you. But, no, I think it's great that they figured it out. Now, Tommy, you were saying this isn't the first time they've streamed games. Of course, the NCAA tournament took place back in, yeah. I guess it would have been all till in 2008. But uh, I guess they got fiber to the arena. I don't know what the technical solution was. Well, whether. here's what happened. The, oh, SEC provided, the, the SEC's provided what's 
what's described to me as an encoder. Now, you know, I can make myself sound really Do dumb, elaborate. Do elaborate. Too much what is this. an encoder, Chuck? But uh, <laughs> the bottom line is you're able to televise a game without a truck is the bottom line. You don't have to have all that stuff that you had before. And so it is, uh, uh, again, I, I am not an equipment guy, and I'm not going to try to fake my way through it. <laughs> but the way it's been explained to me is that um, – the conference has equipped schools with this equipment now, and it allows you to stream and uh, televise, essentially, without uh, without having a truck. You get a decoder with the encoder? I don't know. I don't know how it works. But <laughs> I know is it that, like the decoder uh, that... Evidently, something is, uh, something's been done because they're going to be able to do it. Was it like the decoder the, the kid had um, in Christmas Story where it said, drink more Ovaltine? I mean, maybe that's the kind of decoder they know. need. I don't know. Oh. I'm just glad I can watch I know, it. But the bottom line is it's going to be streamed, so whatever they've done, they've they've made it work. UNZ will be courtside starting at 4.30 right here on ESPN Arkansas and hitthatline.com. Again, Lipscomb coming into North Little Rock this weekend. I did also find it weird. So that this doesn't count as a neutral site game? Musk was kind of didn't seem too happy about that. That it seems like other opponents, and they play in other various aspects that get to count as a neutral site, but technically they're counted as a home game and why that's important in terms of mm. it, it wouldn't have been a quad one opportunity regardless, but for a quad two or a quad three, that's I thought that was kind of interesting when they laid that out. Well, if Alabama plays in Birmingham, it's a home game. So I mean I, I don't I don't I don't have a problem with that. It's a home game. Let's be honest. Yeah. No, there will we're be- selling the tickets. Yeah, and we're he, selling the tickets. You were t- it's Chuck, a home game. You were talking about Chuck. It's it's a hard ticket to find. I was listening to the podcast yesterday. I mean, I know it my is a hard ticket to find. My dad and uh, one of his friends are going. We were talking about that at dinner last night. But the secondary market, there's not a ton of tickets, and you've you've gotten asked for tickets, and you don't have any to give either. Well, I mean, it's 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 a tough ticket, and I knew it would be. I wondered what it might be like after the Oklahoma game. Mm-hmm. But when you only play down there once a year, it's um, it's your only chance. Well, And even years when the record's not been good, even years when Arkansas's record's not been great, they've not been as good as they've been the last three years, there's still always a good crowd. I think you got a lot of couples that will head to Little Rock shop all day do 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 their last or start or finish their Christmas shopping, go to the game, spend the night make a mini weekend of it or just a great day trip of it. So, you know, the, the game time's perfect to let people get Christmas stuff done, go to the game, and then, you know, stay down at the River Market, go home, do something. Because, you know, for, for a lot of Arkansans, that's that's the trip to the city and uh, to, to shop at places you don't have in your own community. So there'll How be a lot of that going on. How many people still go Christmas shopping? How many people still go Christmas shopping? Probably more than you think. I don't know. I'm just asking. Yeah. I'm just asking. I mean, actually go out, battle the crowds at the mall. How many people no, do you do that, no. Ty? I got my the dad's mall. my dad's gift on Amazon, full disclosure, and my brother and my stepmom yeah. want gift cards, which I'll order online, so I don't. And I'm but. guessing most of your generation are that way, mm-hmm. would be my guess. But I think our generation um, do it the other way. In, in, I'm still in a go guy, but I'm too. a lot more online than I used to be. I have to admit, I'm a lot more online than I used to be. It's all about convenience at this point. All right, that's going to do it for your hog update. It's brought to you by our friends at Mr. Sparky. You don't have to put up with any malarkey. Call 888-8 Sparky.
Sparky. I do want to get into this Shohei Otani stuff at, at some point with you, Chuck, because I'm, I'm guessing you've got some thoughts on that. I want to save that for the next hour, if you will. It is a uh, Too Stupid Thursday. Guys, I was reading this story. This Texas high school basketball player and his older brother beat up their coach after getting benched. So this kid's 17 years old. It's Kevin and Jarek Allen. Uh, Kevin's the 17-year-old basketball player, and Jarek's his older brother. Uh, his coach allegedly benched him for what he said to opposing player. They met out in the parking lot. There was a disagreement, and then this kid punched his coach in the face, and then his brother joined in on him. It was caught on video. The bystanders had to break up a fight, and they were both released on a $23,000 bond. I, I know we've all been mad at our high school coach at some point in time, and I know my coach has got my grill every once in a while, but it never entered my, entered my mind at any point that I was going to punch them or confront them after a game. I thought this was one of the craziest stories I've seen in high school sports-wise. I mean, I, I, I'd have been afraid to do that in, in high school. I, I can't imagine walking up to, you know, I didn't play for Barry Lunny, but I was around that football program doing radio. I can't imagine walking up to a guy like Don Hart or James Limley and even punching just, him in the just face. the thought might get you uh, might get you in deep trouble. Oh. It's definitely one of those things where uh, I was kind of surprised to see that story as it play out. It wouldn't have worked out well. It wouldn't have ended the way you thought it would have 30 years ago, I promise No, it you. would not. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.